0: Good morning, brothers and sisters. Welcome to another edition of Centurion Faith, the podcast whose goal is to help you walk in the kind of faith that makes Jesus marvel. I just want to thank you for tuning in today and listening to a little message that I have for you called How Many Promises? How Many Promises? And, um,. Most all of these podcasts, as I said in episode one, are going to pivot off of the story of the centurion. As you know, the centurion in the the Roman centurion in the Bible, who who uh, spoke to Jesus and and asked him to come and heal his servant, who was uh, at home and very sick and tormented by palsy, and. um He told Jesus, he said, Lord, you don't have to, when Jesus said he would come heal him, he said, you don't have to walk all the way to my house, Lord, but just speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. He said, for I'm a man under authority. And I say to one, go. And he goes, I say to another, come. And he comes and I say to another one, do. And he does. And um, when he said this, uh, the Bible says that Jesus marveled at this man's faith. And that's the only place in the Bible where we see somebody um, making Jesus marvel at their faith. So that's kind of the goal of this podcast is to have the type of faith that would make Jesus marvel. And I would submit to you today in in looking at uh, the scripture that we're going to study, that faithfulness or, or having faith is really just having faith in God in in Christ, looking to him. As, as it says in the book of Hebrews, that um, look, looking to Jesus in Hebrews 12, the author and the finisher or the completer of our faith. And it says, you know, in, in Hebrews 10 23, that he that promised is faithful. And so, in looking at the promises in the Bible, I was kind of having a chuckle this morning because I was doing a little research and I was wondering how many promises are there in the Bible? Because I heard Billy Graham say one time that there are over 10,000 promises in the Bible, and I've heard 3,000, I've heard all these different numbers. There's even a book by a gentleman named Herbert uh, Locker, I believe it's pronounced, and it's called All the Promises of the Bible, and he claims that there are 7,147 promises in the Bible. Some other numbers that I saw people uh, claiming, 7,487 promises. 8,803 promises. And I saw this scripture Or I was thinking about it when I got up this morning in 2 Corinthians. And it's in the first chapter in the 20th verse. And God kind of addresses this thing and answers this question that we have. He says here in this verse, no matter how many promises God has made, in other words, like nobody really probably knows the number and God knew we'd be trying to figure it out. and He probably is laughing at us as we all throw out these different numbers, but the scripture kind of speaks to this, and it says, no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Now it is God who makes both you and me stand firm in Christ. He has anointed us, and he set his seal of ownership upon us, by putting the Holy Spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. So God not only um, gives us all of these promises in the Bible, but we can be sure that every one of them in our union with Christ, in our spiritual union with him, can be answered by us with just an amen. So like the centurion, when he claimed... um, the, when he professed the power and the authority of God's word and the surety of God's word, he made Jesus marvel. We can do the same thing by just believing God. And when we see a promise in the Bible, we just say amen to it. There's really no questioning it. We don't have to fully understand it. But uh, most of God's promises are very simple and they're spoken to us. And I think there's usually for me, like each day when I get up and do my devotions in the morning, there's usually just one promise I stand on that God's given me, one word for that day. The Bible says that he knows how to give a word in due season to him that is weary. And so many times when I get up and do my devotions in the morning, you know, there's just something that's on my heart that's bugging me, maybe something with my finances or something, uh, health of my uh, family member or something. And I just kind of hang on to one promise. Matter of fact, a lot of times, I will write down uh, scripture on my hand with a sharpie and just really take hold of that promise and um, just carry it with me throughout the day and just keep looking at it. And then also like the centurion, speaking it out and say, by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. God always causes me to increase or to overflow. I am blessed in in everywhere I go, everywhere I set my feet, I'm blessed or whatever the promises uh, or the promise is. I just take hold of that promise and hang on to it because God is faithful who promised. It says that in Hebrews in the in the tenth um, chapter, in the twenty-third verse, it says that we should um, hold fast. Let us hold fast to the profession of faith without wavering, for He is faithful who promised. Having faith is really just knowing that Jesus is faithful. He's the promise keeper. You know, years ago, there was an organization called Promise Keepers and they filled up stadiums and it was all these men. And I I think the intention of it was very good to to all get together, fill up the stadium, say, hey, we're going to keep keep the promises. We're going to be the promise keepers. But it was kind of funny because I heard um, a gentleman talking the other day, a pastor saying that that Barna did a uh, survey at one of the promise Keeper. Uh, rallies and asked 500 men that were promise keepers to list, uh, to name out the Ten Commandments. And out of 500 uh, gentlemen that they asked, only one, only one out of 500 could even list the Ten Commandments. So obviously, we, when we look to ourselves and we try to uh, measure our faith by ourselves or among ourselves, it's kind of a failure uh, but when we when we look to to Jesus, the Bible says in in Hebrews twelve, the author and the finisher or the perfecter of our faith. We know that we can just look at these promises and know that He is faithful. It also says in in um, Philippians one six that it says that we should be confident of this this very thing, that He who began a good work in us will perform it until the day of Christ Jesus. I think the number one promise that we need to stand on today in these times we're living in is the surety of our salvation in, in Ephesians two, eight through 10, which I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with. Um, God says that, that it is by grace that we are saved through faith. And this is not of ourselves. This is the gift of God. It's not by any works that we do. Um, so no man can boast. And it says that that um, salvation, you know, it, both grace and faith are the gifts of God. And it's by grace that we are saved through faith. It's not of ourselves. It is the gift of God. It's not by any of our works, so none of us can boast. And then it goes on to say, for we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. So God has united us you know, once we put our faith in Christ, we receive the Holy Spirit of God. So we not only receive forgiveness of sins through through the finished work of Jesus Christ, but also the second part of salvation, which I know uh, you've heard me touch on a lot in in previous podcasts. The second portion of of or part of our salvation is receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit and knowing that through our spiritual union with Christ, that the faithful one abides in us. See, we're, God compares our relationship with him like to a marital relationship. And um, those are the two institutions that uh, God ordained, both um, the church and marriage. And he, in Paul compares the two as us being the bride of Christ, being married to Christ. And when we look at those of us that are married, um, we're, we're in a relationship. We both try, the goal, or one of the things we really try to do is remain faithful to our spouse but in our marriage or our union with Christ, we have to remember that there is one um, partner in the marriage that, it, that remains completely faithful and that is the Lord. We're a little bit uh, slutty, if you'll excuse the term, but we're a little wayward in the relationship. We look, we, we set our eyes on, on other people and other things other than the Lord and we wander, um, we cheat as it were, but God is always faithful. And and our salvation in Christ is so sure. I want to remind you today that um that uh God God can't love you. He he God get God can't love you any more than he does right now. You're never gonna be any more justified in Christ than you are right now at this very moment. God doesn't love you because of who you are, he loves you because of who he is. He is love, and he can do nothing else. God, for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten Son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Romans ten thirteen says that anyone whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so I want to assure you today. I think I think one of the things that I've been hearing so much lately this past week or two, is people confessing or professing to me that they're unsure of their salvation, which really breaks my heart. I believe it grieves God. I've been there myself, trust me. I, I feel sometimes like, gosh, I wonder if I'm really saved because of the stupid things I've, I do or dumb things that I've, I've just done. But I want to assure you today that salvation was God's idea. and. He that began this good work in you will complete it. We're gonna wander, we're gonna be wayward like a sheep, and that's why we have a shepherd. I want you to be more confident today in in the the shepherd than you are in the sheep. Whether it's yourself or someone around you who seems to be failing or faltering uh, in their walk with the Lord, I would assure. I want to assure you today. That he who began a good work in you will complete it. I want you to be more confident in the shepherd's ability to lead you than in your inability to be led. The good shepherd will will um, use that rod and and staff to 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 discipline you, to comfort you, to hook you back in, to keep you walking with him. Just remember that faith is is the substance of things that we hope for it's the evidence of things not seen but any faith real bible faith always starts with us looking to christ looking to jesus the author the finish of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross and he he received our shame on the cross he received everything that we dislike or don't like about ourselves all our sin all the ugliness that we see in our flesh, Christ took on himself, and sin was condemned in the flesh of Jesus Christ. Not only every sin that we would ever commit, past, present, and future, but the very sin nature that produced the sin was also nailed to the cross. So I want to close by saying today a little quote by um, the Chinese evangelist Watchman Nee. He said that... that. Um, that the the blood of Jesus Christ dealt with our sins but the cross dealt with our sin nature and in the book of Romans and we see in the sixth chapter it says knowing this that our old man that old sin nature is crucified with Christ that we're dead to sin and now we live to God through our union our spiritual union with Jesus Christ so I want to just say hallelujah Praise God for the Lamb who takes away all the sins of the world, past, present, and future. 1 John 2, 2 says that he was the propitiation. Jesus was the propitiation or the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And not only our sins, but the sins of the entire world were taken on Christ. And the very sin nature that produced the sin, or I like to call the sin factory, was also destroyed through the finished work of Jesus Christ. we It's no longer us living. It's Christ living in us. Uh, that's Galatians 2.20. This life we live in the flesh today, we live by the faith, the faith, or the spirit, you could say, of the Son of God. He has a faithful spirit that he's He's placed within us. He's sealed our spirit. Ephesians 1.13. He sealed our spirit with his spirit. And now the faithful one leads us. So, Be led of God today and be encouraged by this word, knowing and and believing that his power to save you, to lead you, to guide you is far greater, far greater than your inability to to blow it or to mess it up. God loves you. He saved you. you're, You're his forever. You're his possession. So be encouraged today. God bless you. Share this message with someone else if you've enjoyed it. And thank you again for tuning in to Centurion Faith.